Next up on an all new Rick and Rick. It's our spoilerific review of Terminator Dark Fate. That's right. All the action, all the adventure, all the mind-blowing special effects. Not to mention Sarah Connor, the Rev-9, and a T-800 named Carl. Plus, loaded questions, the Terminator edition, and a whole lot more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody has a Rick smacking good time. And everybody rules the world. Hey, welcome to Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson, and joining me, as always, is Mira Dost. It's a little Hindi that, at least hypothetically, a little Hindi that I pretty much messed up right there for you, Rick. I thought it was Klingon. I think it either means my good buddy or the night watchman will call three times before breakfast at Denny's, but I'm, I'm not totally sure. How the heck are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about today's show. I'm, I'm uh, excited to talk about this movie and hear what you thought of it. I am looking forward to that as well. This is the official Rick and Rick review of Terminator Dark Fate. And everybody, there's lots of spoilers. So you're planning to see the movie you might want to listen to this afterwards so you can agree with every last thing that we say Uh, (laughs) yeah we're going to spoil the hell out of this one so we're talking terminator dark fate what was your overall let's hear yours first because i think i usually go first okay let's see i think that the fact that i read ahead of time just how poorly it did at the box office sufficiently lowered my expectations so that i was thinking okay this is just gonna be complete crap and i actually enjoyed it quite a bit watching it in the theater i i actually thought it was fun. I felt myself kind of tense up at, at you know, exciting moments. And uh, it was loud and exciting. Lots of cool action shots, great special effects. I have to say, I, I had a good time. How about you? You know, I, I had a really good time too. If you remember uh, when we first started talking about the movies coming out this year, uh, Terminator came up and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I could be quoted as saying, I don't think I need another Terminator. Right. Uh, then fast forward to Comic-Con and we got to see a little bit more about it and hear a little bit more about the the movie. And I started getting kind of excited. And then I, I saw that first trailer. I was like, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah. But from the beginning, my my expectations have been pretty low just simply because you know the after two I, I just haven't been that impressed with the movies and in fact i think i've told you before i kind of enjoyed the what is it the sarah connor chronicles right. uh, the tv series better than the last couple of movies but i have to say i was pleasantly surprised so i i heard too uh before i went in that you know the box office wasn't great they think it's a failure you know it's destroyed the the franchise you know all that stuff but then i went in and and just kind of like clear it and just saw it for what it was and i have to say i had a great time there's yeah. a lot of nostalgia in it yep. uh we were talking about some easter eggs i picked up on a ton of easter eggs cool. i did some research online and found a few more and frankly watching sarah connor kick ass was just a hell of a lot of fun and yeah. i and i really enjoyed it good i, th- I was afraid we we're gonna have another far from home disconnect i was ready to call this terminator far from home <laughs> so i'm relieved to hear it just to kind of dial everybody in here this is the sixth movie in the franchise but this one is supposed to be a direct sequel from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. They're pretending that the other ones did not happen. And it does have Linda Hamilton and then Mackenzie Davis as Grace, an augmented human being. And then Natalia Reyes as Danny Ramos, who became sort of the new protagonist. We learned that at the end of Terminator 2, Sarah Connor has indeed changed the future. There is no Judgment Day, but that didn't mean that Terminators didn't arrive in our present day. And in 1998, there was a Terminator who tracks down Sarah and John Connor. They're on this beach in Guatemala and that Terminator just comes walking out of the water and 
blows John Connor away. Now, while Sarah's efforts change the future, the rise of the machine simply comes later in a different way. There's no Skynet, but now there's something called Legion, whose AI eventually decides, hey, time to eradicate the, the meat puppets. And as we pick up here, there's this Rev-9 model Terminator in Mexico City, and its mission appears to be kill Danny Ramos. He's foiled thanks to Grace, this cybernetically enhanced human being who is in turn saved by Sarah Connor. And together they make their way to these mysterious coordinates that Sarah receives by text message. And at that destination, they find Arnold as the Terminator <laughs> murdered John Connor, but is now known as Carl, who is an interior decorator. I'll let that sink in for just a second there. Now, he's going to help them protect Danny, stopping the Rev-9 and giving Sarah closure. She is uniquely suited to help Danny become the leader that she needs to be. And Lynn Hamilton's outstanding. I think she really created a compelling character for Sarah Connor at this age. And in fact, there was apparently this thought that there this would be the start of a new trilogy. I don't know if that's going to happen because of the box office. I'm okay if it's not. I like this. I thought it was a good close to that storyline. I agree with that. You kind of talked about this a minute ago. I just want to go back to it. Yeah. One of the things that, that kind of cracked me up was how they broke from the, the basically the movies that happened after T2. And the way they did that is by killing uh, John. Right. So the whole point of that Terminator, you know, coming up at the the beach and killing John with the shotgun, the whole point of that was to say, by doing this, what we're doing is resetting it. So all those movies that happened after that right. didn't happen anymore. We just changed the time the timeline. So therefore, we're starting over. I, I just thought that was pretty clever. Well, you know, I for me, that worked. I've read online people were not happy with him blowing away John Connor. I think it was a wise choice, but a lot of people felt like, well, what was the point of T2 then? Everything hung on him surviving, and then we get five minutes into the third part, and we find out he died a couple months later. I did read that Tim Miller was very much in the mindset of don't have too many callbacks, don't do too much of fan service. You know, we saw Sarah Connor say, you know, I'll be back. I actually liked the way she delivered, I'll be back, and I thought Absolutely. that was a great callback right there. I felt like one callback was just like, okay, come on, what are you doing? It was that moment where Carl is gearing up to go, and then he looks in the mirror and is going to put on his sunglasses and decides against it. They were just calling back the fact that he used to put on his sunglasses that one didn't work for me i i liked that scene Did though you? i mean with him putting on the leather jacket and then picking up the glasses you're like oh man are they really going to do that and then he puts them down it's like all right all right right i actually thought that was pretty cool no one said hasta la vista so that was a positive thing there were lots of things that didn't make sense for me one was how did sarah no to save Grace and Danny on their bridge. Carl seemed to indicate he was yeah. not sending the coordinates, right? No, he definitely said that he was sending the coordinates. He, he had this little part where he talked about how uh, he was doing it because he felt that it would give her purpose and help her get closure over John's death. And so he was sending those coordinates based on looking for some kind of a temporal anomaly. And he was then able to predict where it was. And so he was absolutely sending those. Oh, all yeah. right. And well, then, I was getting confused then, by that. He was noticing the temporal anomalies and saying, oh, there must be a Terminator appearing there. He just didn't know it happened to be a different kind of Terminator from a different timeline. He just saw the temporal anomaly and said, something's happening here. You want to be there now. That's correct. For the other Terminator since John Connor's death, were they all sent at the same time as he was and they just happened to arrive later than that's, he did? That's exactly how I understood okay. it. That makes some sense to me. Now, he was sending the coordinates for the Terminators and also to where his location? So he was sending the coordinates for uh, where the, the temporal anomalies were going to happen. And if you remember in that, that one moment in the car, Grace takes the phone and then does some quote-unquote future stuff 
stuff, if you remember that, right. that line. And uh, she then is able to reverse track it and see where it came from, which was a certain city. And then she kind of had that moment of realization that that same area is what was tattooed on her. Okay. And that's kind of what I got. I assumed that Danny put that tattoo on her because she would have known. She would have already lived through this and said, go to this and exact, That's exactly it. All right. There was the whole bit about Grace needing the sodium something something at various points because she would crash, that she could only go right. so far, assuming that she would kill a Terminator within the first... I think she said five minutes or two minutes or whatever, she was going to be destroyed. Now they set that up, but it never became too much of a crisis because someone always appeared with the sodium something something at the right. exact moment she needed it. So uh, that yeah. whole thing was a little weird to me. Yeah, she had, she had, and we saw her prepare a number of shots. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then we even saw when she, uh, was nabbed by the border patrol that they they've had two of them either were taped to her back that they peeled off but I, I think it was pretty subtle it was just that they yeah. didn't end up doing anything with it it was like and the, most really it ever got like was they... she couldn't open the door but then there comes Arnold and yeah. she, she breaks the door open exactly and I never felt like that really kind of explained what was going on I mean we knew that she was overheating and they threw the ice on her they had her drinking lots of water and that that she needed a bunch of stuff and they listed off some of it I didn't catch it all right. but I, to me it, none of that really sounded like a solution for her system basically going into fatigue right uh probably somebody actually there's some electrolytes it was powdered yeah, exactly. gatorade That's right. <laughs> what was funny yeah, was Sarah are, Connor just she... magically getting the right combination of everything that first time <laughs> exactly the other thing i wanted to mention was the the t800 about carl this idea of him wanting to change things that was one of the things that i i just didn't buy you know it wasn't like he was programmed to do something right uh it was like you know he, he He'd been there long enough that his programming kind of morphed over time. I just, I, I didn't buy into that. I didn't feel like that was, was feasible. In yeah. You know, and, and in fact, that first scene where, uh, you know, Linda's on the beach and um, she's kind of having this, uh, I don't know, this, this vision from the future with all these Terminators coming out of the water. That was probably the worst special effects in the entire movie. You could totally tell yeah. that they were superimposed in the water, that, you know, the, the, the water oh, wasn't yes. rippling right. And like, it was, it was really, you know, and we talked about this before. It's like these movies go and they spend a lot of money in one area. And then there's a different area that's like, oh my God, the special effects here are just so poor compared to the rest of it. That was for me. That was the scene yeah. where those where those Terminators are coming out of the water. Then there's the matter of the EMP devices. <laughs> so who knew it was so easy for a high-ranking military official to walk off a military base with two EMPs in a briefcase, or right. that he could just call in and say, "I'm being chased by these things. Kill those things. Don't kill me. Look out! I'm coming!" And everybody just reacting exactly yeah. how we would want the military to act in that yeah. moment. That part was I, like, I felt, "What the hell is happening here?" <laughs> yeah, I felt like they jumped over a huge plot story here yes like what kind of relationship does she have with this guy like you know where he would just come with this yes like and then like to not only risk his life but all these other soldiers lives plus everything else like it, it was it, it was amazing it's like oh yeah here's the plane go take this plane yeah. we'll make sure that we have some jet fighters you know like hanging out with you to make sure like what totally the hell? unbelievable yeah like, that one what? that one was pretty crazy to me too i did like that the hero is mexican and that we opened the start of the movie down in mexico city there is something poetic about the savior of humanity being a mexican woman who is having to sneak into the united states to save us all yeah <laughs> uh, that was kind yeah. of Interesting, uh, interesting. Yeah, there was point. definitely a, a little bit of a political thing in there. Uh, one of the 
I don't know, again, Easter egg or what have you, uh, was all the biblical references that were actually in this, which I hadn't realized until, uh, again, I think this one was Looper again. I was reading this article, and you can just start with the fact that the names they chose are biblical names, right? In, in Interesting, many of yeah. And Sarah. Uh, secondly, uh, Sarah was the basically the mother Mary. She was the mother to the savior of the world. Uh, and, and, you know, that kind of was played through this several times, uh, you know, and then the last one, you know, was the uh, Terminator in this movie, which was Rev 9, uh, which could be Revelations 9, which is the end of days. And so it was it was interesting to see, and, and I'm assuming these were all intentional and, and not that somebody's reading too much into it, uh, but it was kind of cool to see how much of that was was uh, woven into the storyline as well. Were there any other Easter eggs that really stood out for you? So one of the ones that I, I didn't catch uh, that I, I read about, I don't remember what site I saw this on, was the phone number on the side of Carl's drapery van. Did you catch that? No. The phone number 888 512 1984. And the crazy significance of that was the original Terminator movie is supposed to take place on May 12th, 1984. 512-1984. So that was kind of cool. But more fun than that is and that's a real number. And if you call it, there's a voice recording from Arnold Schwarzenegger on it. Coming down to final grade. Did you want me to go first since you usually go first? Yeah. All yeah, right. Why don't you go first this time? All right. What's interesting, uh-huh. kind of I've sort of sat with it for a couple of days, is I know I saw those other Terminator movies. I can't remember a damn thing about them. And I don't uh-huh. feel like I'm going to remember much about this one in a week. But oh, no. Terminator 2, I think I saw a couple times in this. I was telling everybody would listen. You got to go see this movie. And, and it was just kind of this event. And this was yeah. not that. I think I started this thinking about this movie, thinking I was going to give it like a, a B minus, but I ended up doing B minus C plus because I liked it. But like I said earlier, it's just no T2. Did feel like, hey, if you're going to close this out, this is a good way to do it. But I just, I feel like, yeah, I never need to see that again and probably will never think about it again. No, I, I think that, I think that's fair. Uh, I'd rated it a little bit higher. I felt like it was great to see Linda back in in her role. Uh, it was interesting to see how they kind of skipped over the other movies and figured out a way to get around that. And frankly, the action was just a lot of fun. I definitely recommend people see this. I think it's it's great to kind of wrap it up. So I'm going to give this one a flat B. Fair enough. I think it is one that's worth going to see in the theater. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. We have a whole game of loaded questions coming up. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. All right, Rick Wooten, are you ready for some loaded questions? Yes, I am. Awesome. Got three questions today. This is the Terminator edition of Loaded Questions. And my first question to you, when Arnold Schwarzenegger's commitment to Conan the Destroyer pushed back production on the original Terminator movie, James Cameron, A, went a. B, was asked to write the script for Rambo, First Blood, Part 2. C, was asked to write the script for Aliens. D, was asked to write a script for Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. Or E, both B and C, and probably A, but definitely not D. 
Yeah, it was the last one. Because I, I, I think he was asked to do multiple, right? Yes. In fact, it's an interesting story. So I saw this on IMDb. So after Arnold's commitment to Conan the Barbarian, that pushed back production by, I guess, nine months. And James Cramer at that time, he's like, wanted to be working on something. So in addition to refining the script for Terminator over time, he shared it, showed it around, and then got asked to write the script for both Rambo, First Blood Part Two, and Aliens. So he did all three scripts at the same time. And what was interesting is he said that he, he had three different desks to keep them you know fresh in his mind and totally, totally separate. Question number two, in addition to Arnold Schwarzenegger, which of the following were also considered for the part of the Terminator? A, Sylvester Stallone, B, O.J. Simpson, C, John Travolta, or D, Wilford Brimley? I think it was Stallone. I'm not sure though. Seems logical, but no, the answer is B. So also according to IMDb, O.J. Simpson was considered for the Terminator, but the producers feared that he was, quote, too nice to be taken seriously as a cold-blooded killer, unquote. <laughs> Are you serious? I am absolutely serious. Final question. The first choice to play bad guy T-1000 in Terminator 2 Judgment Day was A, David Bowie, B, Billy Idol, C, Billy Ocean, or D, Wilford Brimley. Which of these was the original choice, the first choice for playing the T-1000 that ended up being played by Robert Patrick? I I'm going to guess Billy Idol. You are correct. So this is according to MovieWeb. Robert Patrick, who ended up playing the T-1000 character, told The Hollywood Reporter in a 2017 interview that he saw Billy Idol's image when he first went to Stan Winston's studio. That was the guy who used to do all the great special effects and worked on the first Terminator movies. So right. apparently Billy Idol was set to play the liquid metallic T-1000, but he hurt his leg in a motorcycle accident and was unable to do the movie. Now who knows for sure, but I bet Billy Idol did plenty of rebel yelling after losing so much money money. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you did great. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Rick and Rick review of Terminator Dark Fate. Thanks for listening. And please tune in next time for the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. 